0: The podcasts are taken from the four volumes, In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is part of a series we call Poet's Corner. Today's feature is from Book 9, Part 24 of Milton's Paradise Lost. Podcast 233 is entitled, Temptation of Eve, Part D.
1: In the preface to Book 9, Milton presents the following abstract.
0: The serpent, now grown bolder, with many wiles and arguments, induces her at length to eat.
1: He continues his deceitful argument.
0: Shall that be shut to man, which to the beast is open? Or will God incense his ire for such a petty trespass, and not praise, rather, your dauntless virtue, whom the pain of death denounced Whatever thing death be, deterred not from achieving what might lead to happier life. Knowledge of good and evil.
1: The irony is that in one thing, Satan, though self-deceived, is right. Knowledge of good and evil will lead to a happier life because they will experience opposition. Satan does not comprehend the ways of God. He does not even comprehend that the fall is necessary, or he would have stayed out of the Garden of Eden. Notice the subtlety of his argument, because though laced with lies, it contains some eternal truth.
0: Of good, how just. Of evil, if what evil is be real, why not known, since easier shunned? Satan
1: is cunning and clever, and his argument is rather persuasive. However, his cunning carries him too far.
0: God, therefore, cannot hurt ye and be just.
1: Milton's Lucifer does not understand the law of justice. Neither does he understand the law of mercy. It is the law of justice that requires payment for any broken law. The law of justice is unique. It cannot be bargained with. It is irreversible, unalterable, and unmerciful. It cannot be robbed or cheated or altered or overturned or reformed or revised or amended. It is absolute. God is God because he is just. There is more safety in justice than there is in mercy. If God were not a just God, imagine the chaos that would ensue. Mercy can satisfy the law of justice, but it cannot overturn the law of justice. Mercy can overpower the law of justice, but it cannot rob the law of justice. The only reason Christ can save us through the law of mercy is because he perfectly obeyed the Father in all things, and through his atoning sacrifice, he paid the price for our sins. As Paul said,
0: For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Lucifer tries to portray God as an unjust God. Not just, not God, not feared then, nor obeyed. Your fear itself of death removes the fear.
1: Justice and fairness are not the same thing. Justice is the controlling law of the universe that governs all other laws. Fairness is a term we use to measure mercy. We may not think it fair, for example, that because of the transgression of Adam and Eve, all mankind suffered from the fall. Justice has nothing to do with fairness or mercy. Justice is above opinion, above adjudication. If a law is broken, justice takes immediate and impartial action. It is because of the law of justice that the atonement was necessary. Even God must bow to the law of justice. To save mankind, the Father had to sacrifice His only begotten Son to satisfy the law of justice. The paradox is that justice is not a law external to God. It is the very essence of God Himself. He is just. If He were unjust, He would cease to be God. God is at one with justice by necessity because justice governs all laws, temporal and spiritual, mortal and immortal, time and eternity, physical and metaphysical.
0: John three sixteen through 17 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved.
1: Milton was an astute observer of human nature. He is teaching that Satan is the origin of all the arguments against the nature of God. In other words, Satan wants man to blame God for the evil in the world when he knows that it falls squarely upon his own shoulders. He lies to Eve.
0: Why then was this forbid? Why but to awe? Why but to keep ye low and ignorant, his worshippers.
1: Satan uses half-truths to serve his own evil ends.
0: He knows that in the day ye eat thereof, your eyes that seem so clear yet are but dim, shall perfectly be then opened and cleared, and ye shall be as gods, knowing both good and evil, as they know.
1: That, of course, was true. Satan quotes scripture for his own ends.
0: Genesis 3.7 And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons.
1: Satan continues his half-truth, also quoting scripture.
0: That ye should be as gods, since I as man, internal man, is but proportioned meat, I of brute human, ye of human gods. So ye shall die, perhaps. By putting off human, to put on God's death to be wished though threatened, which no worse than this can bring. And what are gods that men may not become as they, participating godlike food?
1: Milton, of course, is echoing the words of
0: Genesis. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil
1: satan is the author of evil and god is the author of good satan's greater desire is to get us to call good evil and evil good he wants us to think that god is evil and that he is good it is a tactic he uses brilliantly in every generation
0: the gods are first and that advantage use on our belief that all from them proceeds i question it for this fair earth i see warmed by the sun producing every kind, them nothing. If they all things who enclose knowledge of good and evil in this tree, that whoso eat thereof forthwith attains wisdom without their leave, and wherein lies the offense that man should thus attain to know? Or is it envy, and can envy dwell in heavenly breasts? These, these and many more causes import your need of this fair fruit, Goddess Humane, reach then and freely taste.
1: Perhaps the greatest failing of Eve is that, knowing the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil is forbidden, she lingers before the tree and listens to what Milton calls Satan's in lies.
0: He ended, and his words replete with guile into her heart to easy entrance one. Fixed on the fruit she gazed, which to behold might tempt alone, and in her ears the sound yet rung of his persuasive words, imprinted with reason, to her seeming and with truth.
1: It is almost noon, and Eve's temptation is compounded by the fact that she is hungry, and the only food she sees is the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Milton mixes the temptations of physical appetites and metaphysical appetites. Pride, ambition, curiosity, desire, and so on. The serpent, sensing that he has won, remains silent and lets the idea work on her mind as she lingers before the tree.
0: Meanwhile, the hour of noon drew on and waked an eager appetite, raised by the smell so savory of that fruit, which with desire, inclinable now grown to touch or taste, solicited her longing eye. Yet first pausing a while, thus to herself she mused.
1: Rather than the serpent's oily tongue, Eve's own thoughts take over. She turns her attention from the serpent and speaks to the fruit. Notice the subtlety of her own rationalization. It becomes God's fault. She is also unaware that she is repeating Satan's argument as if it were her own. Milton illustrates that many of the ideas that we think we have invented are actually coming from the whisperings of Satan. We have four forces the whispering of the Holy Spirit, the whispering of evil spirits, the whisperings of the natural man, and our own inductive and deductive reasoning. Milton shows all four are working in Eve, but they become jumbled into one argument that supports her desires rather than the truth. Eve is speaking to the forbidden fruit.
0: Great are thy virtues, doubtless, best of fruits, though kept from man and worthy to be admired, whose taste too long forborn, at first to say, gave elocution to the mute, and taught the tongue not made for speech to speak thy praise. Thy praise he also, who forbids thy use, conceals not from us, naming thee the tree of knowledge, knowledge both of good and evil. Forbids us then to taste, but his forbidding commends thee more, while it infers the good by thee communicated, and I want. For good unknown sure is not had, or had and yet unknown is as not had at all. In plain then, what forbids he but to know? Forbids us good, forbids us to be wise. Such prohibitions bind not, but if death bind us with afterbands, what profit then our inward freedom? In the day we eat of this fair fruit, our doom is, we shall die. How dies the serpent? He hath eaten and lives and knows and speaks and reasons and discerns, irrational till then, for us alone was death invented, or to us denied this intellectual food, for beasts reserved. For beasts it seems, yet that one beast which first hath tasted envies not but brings with joy the good befallen him. Author, unsuspect, friendly to man, far from deceit or guile, what fear I then? Rather, what know to fear under this ignorance of good and evil, of God or death, of law or penalty? Here grows the cure of all, this fruit divine, fair to the eye, inviting to the taste, of virtue to make wise. What hinders then to reach and feed at once both body and mind?
1: And so, through the cunning of Satan and her own deductions, Eve persuades herself to eat the forbidden fruit. What appears to come from her own reason, however, is actually the thoughts implanted into her mind by Satan. She simply corroborates her argument with her own desires.
0: So saying, her rash hand in evil hour forth-reaching to the fruit, she plucked, she eat. Earth felt the wound, and nature from her seat, sighing through all her works, gave sighs of woe, that all was lost.
1: Lucifer leaves Eve to her fate.
0: Back to the thicket slunk the guilty serpent, and well might. For Eve, intent now wholly on her taste, not else regarded such delight till then, as seemed in fruit she never tasted, whether true or fancied so through expectations high of knowledge, nor was godhood from her thought. Greedily she engorged without restraint, and knew not eating death, satiate at length, and heightened as with wine, jocund and boon, thus to herself she pleasingly began.
1: Please join us next Monday as we continue the epic story of the fall of man through the eyes of the poet John Milton.